clicked in to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 28, when if you've ever wondered, how in the heck do they afford that? Today, we dig into it. Today, we expose the inside game and the secret behind keeping it up with the Joneses. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast. The podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because I truly believe to be good with money, we got to talk about money. And this show is designed to do just that. I am your host, the Money Misfit, Jamar Dupas, and welcome to season two, episode number 28. I am super excited about it. Uh, I know you are too. I'm well rested. I'm really excited to be back on this microphone. If this is your first time tuning in, we just took a month off. My wife and I took a month off. What we do, what we like to do is rejuvenate, reflect, and just kind of review on what the year's been like and how we're going to do things going forward. And so we took uh, about four weeks off or so uh, and we played some reruns and now we're back in it and we're brand for a brand new season. And I'm super excited about it because, again, like I said, I got the chance to reflect and think and plan and strategize. So it's been a whole lot of fun and I really missed y'all, really missed talking to y'all. But some of y'all I did talk to because I got some emails I uh, still getting a lot of good feedback from the score 750 webinar, which we have taken down for those of you uh, who have not got a chance to watch that. What we're probably going to do is do another one. So make sure you're on the email list uh, and join the misfits for that, uh, because it's going to be a misfits only uh, deal on that. We're going to uh, invite everybody out. And we'll do another credit score deal. We're also going to do another uh, a webinar. And I'm not exactly sure on the topic yet, but I got a bunch of ideas. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, We also made the announcements about our marriage and money course that's going to be coming up. We're still looking for people who are interested in that. Um, So the more the merrier. We're only going to take about maybe 10 couples or so, maybe 20, but I'm thinking 10 may be as much as I can handle. And basically what this is going to be is a master course. We're going to help you walk you step by step on how to get your money right. We're going to talk about everything from communication to kids to cash flow planning, a.k.a. uh, budgeting. We're going to talk about how not to budget. We're going to talk about how not to talk to each other about money. We're going to talk about how to talk about money in good times and bad times, how to know exactly where it's going, how you can pay off debt and save for your future, how you can Uh, Just get a lot of this stuff out of your way. So this is going to be a really cool deal. I'm excited. We're going to open up our book, show you exactly what we earn, how we do our own money, uh, how we handle our children and all that good stuff. So I'm really excited about that. So if if any of you married folks out there interested or people who want to be married (laughs) or interested, make sure you head over to yourmoneyright.com and you can find the interest list on there. So with that being said, Man, welcome to season number two. Today, we're going to talk about the truth about keeping up with the Joneses. And if you know me, I'm always revealing. 
I take pride in revealing the truth behind it because I think the truth sets you free. Not only I think I know the truth will set you free because it has done that for myself and countless others. And I'm excited about that. So what do I mean by the Joneses? Everybody's heard the term keeping up with the Joneses. The Joneses is symbolic for the couple or the family that lives down the street that always has the newest, the latest, and greatest stuff, right? They got that brand new truck. They got the hottest new G-Wagon. The yard is on point, right? They got the boat. They got the, the, the vacation home. They got the nice cars whipping up and down the road. They got the perfect kids. They got all that good stuff, at least on the surface. And I remember growing up, I used to always wonder, how do people afford this stuff? How do people afford these nice cars? Because I remember when I first uh, wanted to buy a car, I wanted to buy a new car. Like, like most young people, wanted to buy a brand new car. But the car that I wanted to buy, when I was looking at the payments, it was like six or $700 a month. And I was like, how am I going to make them payments on that and still have an apartment and eat and do anything else? So you always wonder, how did people make these payments? How did people get this stuff? Were they really making that much more money than me? Well, the truth is, in this country, there is a lot of that. There is a lot of envy for the next person, right? We typically look at the next person as if their last name is Jones, no matter what, right? Um, I'll give you an example. You can look at somebody and they have a nice car, but you don't understand the cost of that car, right? And when I say cost, not just how much their payments are, not just what their maintenance are, what the maintenance is, but what they had to go through to get that, right? And you don't really understand the, the cost that they're paying today because it's different for everybody, See, $500 a month for a car note is different for me as it is different for me than it would be for you, right? Why? Because, you know, we have different priorities, right? We earn different amounts of income, right? Uh, I got friends that make several hundred thousand dollars a year. That $500 car note probably won't be that big of a deal for them. And if somebody like myself... I really don't want to pay $500 a month for a car note, right? Why? Because I don't make several hundred thousand dollars a year. I got priorities in different areas, yada, yada, yada. But it's just not in cars. In homes, I remember when we were looking for our house for the first time we were shopping. This is before we discovered that we couldn't even get it. <laughs> we couldn't apply for a mortgage, right? Because uh, our credit was jacked up. Um, and if you're in that boat, go back a couple of episodes and check out the credit uh, series that we did. But anyway, we would go around and we look at these houses and it's like, man, we really love this house. And a lot of our uh, house hunting, the things that we liked and we looked at was based on what our friends had already had. Now, we had a couple of friends or quite a few friends and, and parents and stuff like that and family that had really nice houses. Right. They had really, really nice houses that we were super envious of. We wanted the the two stories. We wanted the yard. 
We wanted the granite countertops. We wanted the, the uh, all the way up to the ceiling type cabinets. We want the island in the kitchen, the bright lights and the sunshine. We want the nice neighborhood with the big giant glass door. We wanted all that stuff. But when we started really looking at it, we started questioning, right? Like, how are they affording this stuff? Because when we were looking at the numbers, it was like, man, we can't, <laughs> I mean, we could pay for it, but what about afterwards? And that was a big struggle for us. It was a struggle because it hit our self-esteem, right? We didn't want to get anything less than what our friends had, right? But we we rated or we graded less based on other people's preferences, not our own. And we do that a lot in life. It seems like we've been doing it ever since high school, right? You want the nice shoes because the popular guy got the nice shoes. You wanted the nice dress because the popular girl had the nice dress or the nice hair or the nice car or the nice whatever it is. We, as human beings, we just look at other people and we just naturally want what they have, right? It's not necessarily anything wrong with that because that's how we discover new things in life, right? If nobody else introduces us to new things, we don't necessarily discover new things. And this is how you expand your horizon. The problem is when we sacrifice our goals, our desires, and the things that we want most, remember this, you hear me say this all the time, we sacrifice the things we want most for the things we want now. And we don't take into the account the true cost of those things that we say we want, right? And so I found the, the flesh in me immediately wanting to judge those who I considered the Joneses, right? Because let's face it, the truth is there's a lot of Joneses out there that are living backwards. What do I mean by that? They are spending more money than they are bringing in. We know we got a big debt problem in this country, credit card problems in this country. And even worse than that, (laughs) nowadays, those of us that's in the millennial generation, student loan debt is crazy. Matter of fact, the Federal Reserve, and I'll have to get the link to that and post it in the show notes. The Federal Reserve just counted student loan debt as the United States federal government's largest asset on their balance sheet. Student loans is the largest asset on the United States government's balance sheet. Let me say that again. Student loans are the government's largest assets on its balance sheets. Now, for us, it's our largest liability, more than likely, right? What do you owe? $10,000, $20,000, I know a few of them, a few of you owe 100000 right? It's your liability, but it's the government's asset, right? So those of you who are hoping on and praying that one day that somebody's going to win the election and come and dismiss and, and just make everybody just forget about their student loans, you can think about that for a second, a little bit longer before you listen to that pipe dream because it's the largest asset on the government's balance sheet, right? People don't give up their largest asset easily, right? So I forgot what I was saying. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
So I found myself wanting to hate on the Joneses, right? Because they had the nice cars, they had the nice house. It's like they were going to the nice restaurants. And here I was really just trying to stay afloat, right? Trying to play catch up. But the more and more I began to study this whole money thing, right? The more and more I began to talking to people, the more and more I've been researching, I realized that the Joneses, the truth about the Joneses is that I am the Joneses, right? But on a whole nother scale, because what the Joneses try to do is keep up with the Joneses, right? The reason why they go buy the cars they can't afford and the homes that look good to other people is because they're trying to keep up with people on the next level. And this became really clear to me when we moved into our current neighborhood. And well, maybe not just our current neighborhood, but just as we begin to have children that begin to get into that school age, we would notice that no matter how nice the neighborhood was that people lived in, no matter how good the school was that people lived in, they always wanted their child to go to the next nicer neighborhood school, right? So they could have a school in their neighborhood that is highly rated, scores are great, kids are getting recessed, uh, you know, all this other good stuff, but that's not good enough. They have to go up to the next level. And if the best of the best is not, they need to go to the private schools. And then there's different hierarchies in the private schools. So what I noticed about us as humans and as middle-class Americans we're part of the lower middle class, but we're still the middle class as middle class Americans is we're always looking to go to that next level, right? Or looking to fit in with the class that's higher than us. There's this strong pull and a terrible temptation to do that because we're not comfortable in our own skin, in our own places. We worry about being left out. Again, this is a natural human uh, response to life, right? Because you don't want to be left out. Nobody is a lone ranger. Uh, but at the same time, we get distracted. You've heard me say this several times. Distraction is probably our greatest weakness, right? We always look elsewhere instead of looking within. I'll give you an example. Uh, in our particular neighborhood, uh, another example kind of pertaining to earlier, like our elementary school that we're zoned to, it is a uh, good school. But uh, the ratings on it, if you go online, don't look very well. I think there's some other things. I think there's some race issues, you know, because it's majorly brown and, you know, all that good stuff. But that's for another conversation. But the school has a dual language program. And we've uh, went and talked to teachers and we've talked to parents that have gone there and their children absolutely love the school. They've gotten good grades on their test. Um, and we know of some people that are doing really good in the bilingual program. Now, my son has only been in it for a few weeks and he's coming home and he's uh, Spanish is his, his other language. And he's coming home in his second week of school ever. Right. He didn't go to preschool. We did everything here at home. Um, but this is, he's in kindergarten and his second week of school, he's in there counting in his twenties in Spanish, right? He loves going to school. I know the teachers care about him. Uh, the teachers care about us. One of them actually 
reached out and called my my wife over the summer uh, to see if she could help it anyway. And she wasn't even a kindergarten teacher. I think she was like a fifth grade teacher or something like that. But anyway, but those of us who who've moved into the neighborhood and they've paid these two, three, four hundred thousand dollars for these houses don't feel like their school that they're zoned to is good enough. So now what they go do is go to the next try to get into the next school, the next higher school in the next nicer neighborhood. Or again, like I said, they'll pay a ton of money and go into debt to put a four or five year old in a 20,000, 30,000 a year uh, tuition school for a four and five year old. Now I'm not judging the price, right? Uh, (laughs) But you have a hard time convincing me uh, to pay $30,000 for a four-year-old to go to school. There's just not that much that they're learning, right? Um, (laughs) But anyway, uh, let me get off of that. But I find myself doing the same thing, maybe not on that scale, but in other areas of life, other areas of life. And that's something I have to check myself on, right? Um, I'm much better at it nowadays because I've because I've become aware of this. I've become aware of this own thing, this own part of within me that wants to keep up with the next person. And I have become more aware of my own distractions, right? And then not only that, I've also, more importantly, become more aware of my own goals, my own ideas, my own dreams, and I keep those in front of me because if I don't, I become distracted. If I don't, I spend money that I didn't mean to spend. If I don't, I get involved in that guilty spending. And I don't like that feeling. I don't like what that does to me, my my goals and my future. Right. So we're all the Joneses. But let's define this because I think I think we need to define what the Joneses are, because if we don't define it, we look at it vaguely and we won't see ourselves in it. But the Joneses are basically the average American. And what's the average American? The average American has a household of about five, right, or or four point five, or something like that. The average American lives check to check. No matter how much they earn or how little they earn, they live check to check. So, money comes in, money goes out. The average American has a little bit of debt on the credit cards that they're still paying interest on every month. The average American thinks that their house is an asset when, in fact, it's a liability. The average American suffers from stuffitis, right? We are bombarded with marketing uh, commercials on a daily basis. And when we go to stores, we like to buy stuff because stuff makes us feel good for the moment. Now, it's a fleeting feeling, but it makes us feel good for the moment. The average American follows the crowd, right? Starbucks became popular because they heard other people was going to Starbucks. Starbucks coffee is pretty terrible in my opinion. Now, I've become a little bit of a coffee snob over the, the over the years. We do the whole French press thing with the whole bean, you know, all that type of stuff. But Starbucks coffee is pretty terrible stuff. In my opinion. Don't shoot me. Don't send me hate mail. You know, nothing like that. It's just my opinion, right? But everybody drinks it. Everybody spends the three, four, five, six, seven, eight dollars on this coffee. I mean, the lines that you see in the mornings at the Starbucks coffee shop is crazy. And some people will choke you if they don't get their coffee, right? Why? Because it became popular, became a trend, and we 
typically like to follow the herd and want to follow the trends because we don't like to be left behind. We do this in how we invest in the stock market. The stock market uh, and Wall Street loves us about us because as the stock market gets gets better and gets higher, we go invest more money in the stock market. It's crazy because when you think about it, when the stock market goes up, the prices are higher than they've ever been. But when it starts going down, everybody pulls out and nobody buys anything. Well, that's when it's on sale. It's a, it's a discount, but we don't go buy that, right? Because everybody else is bailing out. That's what the Joneses are. The Joneses are people. They're just average people, right? And there's some that have a different degree, right? Those who will do anything to keep up the image. They'll lease cars uh, for as little as possible. They'll go buy the biggest house they possibly can buy. But you don't realize that they not only are not really making uh, any principal payments on that mortgage, they're not getting closer to owning the house. A lot of times they're on interest-only loans, right? Hoping and praying and speculating that this house will increase in value. They'll turn around and sell it and go do it again. The average American gets stuck in perpetual uh, car notes, right? So you buy a new car or a newer car, you get a six-year car note on it. By the time the six years is over, it's time to get another car note. So you've basically uh, locked yourself in for life when it comes to car payments, right? And those of us who've ever been free of the car note knows how beautiful it is to be free of that car note. And everybody I know has been free of that car note hesitates and it hurts to go back to the car note, right? <laughs> I know you feel me if you've ever been there. But this is just what the average American is, right? But here's the problem with that. Average never gives greatness, right? Average never leads to greatness. Uh, I read a study one time that says out of 100 people who live to the age of 65, only one will be, only five will be financially independent, right? Uh, five will be well off and the other 90, 90% will be dependent either on their job the government, or family to take care of them at the age of 65. They did a survey recently, I think it was a Pew uh, Research, did a survey recently of uh, people in their 50s, and about 60% of people in their 50s today believe that they're going to have to work until they're 80 years old in order to survive. That's sad. And really it's only sad if they're doing something that they don't love to be doing. And the truth is, most people are not doing anything they love to do. When I go to work on Mondays, we call it Medical Mondays. We call it Medical Mondays because that's the day when all the heart attacks happen. Where all the nervous breakdowns, where all the anxiety attacks go on. Why? Because Monday correlates with the first day of the work week. It's the first day of the work week of a bunch of people that are going to work to a job that they don't like. To hang around people they can't stand. To make money that ain't enough to buy things that they don't really want. To pay for things that they've already bought in the past. It's a terrible, terrible cycle. But that's what average gets you. And today my call to you, my dare to you, is a dare to be great. Run away from average. If you see what most people are doing, do the opposite. At least take a step back. And ask yourself, is this for me? 
Yeah, you looked at that nice neighborhood that a few of your friends are living in. But is that the neighborhood for you? Will that house give you the lifestyle that you really desire? Or will it eat up most of your cash flow so you can't go live the lifestyle that you want to live unless you go into debt, right? Do you want to travel? Do you? Or do you want to be in a house all the time? That was a question I had to ask. I think we all should ask that question, especially when it comes to buying a house, right? But I don't want to knock anybody. I don't want to come off like I'm judging, right? Because we're all the Joneses, right? We're the average American. But I just really hope, I'm just really begging that we go away from that. Because that's not the misfit way, right? That's where the whole money misfit thing comes from. Because to be good with money, we can't fit into the norms. Because it's normal to be bad with money, right? And I believe we're bad with money because we don't talk about it. We don't have these hard conversations. We don't talk to our friends about the hard times. We don't talk to our friends about our income. We don't talk to our friends about the stuff that really matters. Now, there's all the cultures that do that. I'm just not part of a culture that does it. I'm trying to be a part of the culture that changes that narrative. So let's change it. Let's stop doing what other people do. Let's break out of the norm. Let's break the mold. Let's break the stereotypes. Let's get clear about what we want. Let's get a clear road to go get it. And let's do it together. This is the beginning of season two. I got big plans. Classes and courses are coming up. The email course I've been promising you, it's coming right up. I'm almost done with it. And if you want to get on it, you want to be the first to get on it, make sure you head over to our website, yourmoneyright.com. Sign up to become a misfit or get on the email list. I will send that out as soon as it's done. It will be done this week. This email course is going to highlight the biggest mistakes that we make when it comes to money. And it's not what you think. It's not that we spend too much money on lattes, right? It's not that we spend too much money on our house. It's nothing like that. It's the stuff, it's the mistakes that we make that we don't even realize that we're making. The worst thing about a mistake, right, or the worst types of mistakes are the mistakes that you make that you don't even realize you're making. And there's a bunch of them. So that's what the email course is going to be about. It's going to be two weeks of training that's going to absolutely change the way you think about money. It's the things that, I'm not sharp enough to say verbally as I speak on this deal, but stuff that you can take with you. And I'm super excited about it. So that's it for episode 28. This has been the intro to season two. Next Monday, you know what it is, a brand new episode. If you like what you've heard on this show, do me a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a nice rating and leave a review. And you can do that by clicking the link in the description in your favorite podcast player. Just click on the album art. You'll see a link to leave a rating and review. And if you're not uh, able to do that, just search in iTunes. Just search Get Your Money Right in the podcast section. You'll see it, uh, the little uh, rating and review tabs right there. So please, let's do that. Let's get that up. I want to get see if we can get 50 reviews within the next few weeks. 
and then I'll do something special. I'll do something real special. And then also I'm taking suggestions for a webinar this for this month, like I've said before. Uh, so hit me up. Hit me up at Jamar at YourMoneyRight.com or just hit me up in the Misfit area, guys. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for listening. Hey, if this has helped you, if you think it can help somebody else, feel free to share it out. But I really do appreciate you listening with me. New episode comes out next Monday. Make sure you subscribe to the show if you're not if you haven't already subscribed. Again, thank you so much for listening and God bless. MPS. MPS. We're talking about money, 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 cash, cash, cash. I said we're talking about money.